Well, hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. It uh, gives me great pleasure to bring this episode to you where I catch up with the uh, the great men of the podcast. Yes, the one and only. You can't, uh, you can't get away from this music yet. We'll have to find some new music, but this is still good. Rodney Rocket Heron, welcome back. How are you, mate? You well? I don't know what's going on in the last couple of weeks. Everyone's starting to use my first name. I'm, I'm feeling quite uncomfortable with that. I did go with Rodney Rocket Heron. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Everyone's using my first name. Even a couple of people at work used it the other day, and I was, I was like, Oh, really? I didn't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> so we'll just stick with Rocket. Just Rocket, Rocket, it, Rocket, or Rocket. Some, even some of the execs at some of our customers actually call me by Rocket. They don't even call me by my first name. It's fantastic. Does that mean they're listeners? No. Oh, right. It's like the nickname, like there's some quite senior people in our business and they refer to me and there's all these other people in the business don't even understand who they're talking about. And they're like, then they have to mention my name. They've got, oh, oh, oh him. Has <laughs> yeah. it, uh, I've actually never asked. Uh, has it always been Rocket? No. No? No. Nah. Is that like unique to the Mile of Golf podcast since, like, since then? Or No, no, no. Oh, there, right. was a, there, was a, there was a guy I used to work with um, – at the previous company and he gave it to me like in 20, 2008, 2009 and it just took off. And then when I went to the place I work at now, like right from the start before it started, everyone knew who, you know, me by my nickname. Okay. Um, so even like you got a country manager and you got the president for the region, they refer to me by my nickname. <laughs> They don't even call me by my first name. I wonder, thinking about it, and you know, once again, uh, welcome back to everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, we've gone straight off script, or we've gone straight off the script that doesn't exist as a script. No, um, this is our script. It's yeah, off script. The, off script is off, the, off, the script is off script. Um, I'm wondering, uh, for the people listening overseas, uh, in the US maybe, or in the UK, maybe more so in the US, I wonder if, does everyone get a nickname who's Rodney or Rod Rocket? Or is that just an Aussie thing? Uh, I think it, no, I'm not a hundred percent. It was, it was funny because there was a guy that at the officer previous organization I worked at, we had the same first name. So we had, and then had the same nickname and our first letter of our last names was the same. So there was a lot of people that would send us emails that would be directed to him that were for me and vice versa. It's just, it was quite confusing. And there were times where we'd be sitting next, next to each other. And someone would say, oh, hey, Rocket, and then two, both of us would turn around and they go, uh, uh, no, you. <laughs> <laughs> big Rocket, big Rocket or little Rocket. Uh, most, okay. most rods I've ever come across, uh, you know, always had Rocket as some part of the, the, the um, discussion. But for me, it goes way back to uh, Rod Reddy, Rocket Rod Reddy. I played down the wing for St George. I think he played for Australia. Um, 60s, 70s uh, rugby league player in, in New South Wales, Rocket, Rocket Rod Reddy. Um, so- so, so I'll, I'll tell a couple of other nicknames more in the golf golf realm. So um, one I had when I was younger, obviously because I was a big uh, Great White Shark fan, I got given the nickname Tadpole for a while. <laughs> and, then, and then as I got a little bit bigger, I graduated to Frog. And, 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 um, and Ma Rocket actually has one of my pennant jumpers. And um, this was one of the years where one of the guys, for about three or four years, we were getting our nicknames and stuff like printed on the, the sleeve of our jumpers and stuff like that. And and sure enough, there it is. I've got frog on the on the bicep part of um, my pennant jumper. Well, gold. T- shark becomes tadpole, tadpole becomes yeah, frog. frog. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, then so go. all the way through um, uh, going up through junior golf and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I got the nickname um, frog and that's um, – had stuck with me until I moved over to Victoria and wasn't playing golf anymore. <laughs> Frog. Well, we might have to pull that out uh, occasionally, but uh, we'll go with Rocket. Um, Magic Mike. Do, do you, Magic Mike, uh, I don't know where, where that came from in my sort of world. I think it was because I was sitting at the intersection of Queen Street and Latrobe Street one morning in the car, probably listening to a podcast, and uh, I saw the banners up for the great Magic Mike show, which was supposed to be in Melbourne, obviously being affected by what's going on. Uh, and I thought about you, and then therefore Magic Mike stuck. Um, do you actually have a real nickname? I've got about 10,000 nicknames, wow. ones that have stuck for years and years, but 
Um, the one that I probably, I'm probably the only one that you would have heard would have been when we were down in Barn Boogle. Um, Doc often, so the, the boys that were there was Doc, Cheese, and myself. Um, and they will often refer to me as karate, mainly because karate sounds like karate. So, uh, and one of the other boys, you know, Conrad, he's he's probably given me about 25 nicknames, but karate is the one that those boys normally run with. So, Doc, Cheese and Karate. You can imagine yeah. Rodney in uh, in that trip, you know, where I, I was I was without a proper nickname. I, I, Only, I, I would have had an absolute ball with that. <laughs> I, I was... I was the only guy in the, for, the force that didn't have a proper nickname, you know, Ross Co. You know, that's not really even, even it qualifies as a nickname, karate. Um, I've just shown the boys a uh, video that I had made of the Barnboogle trip. We might have to, in the um, re-resurrection of the Mile of Golf YouTube site, which really is only filled up with uh, 100 or so episodes of the podcast in audio form, which you can get on YouTube if you happen to be sitting on YouTube and want to play it in the background. I'm going to try and put some more effort into doing some video so I made a little video uh, of our trip to Barnboogle, uh, Rodney, and it features a little thank you to Mike as being the uh, the trip master of that trip. And it also will feature a little bit of a voiceover from last week's guest. Well, it's the words are from his um, the last week's guest, Shane Darby. If you've listened to the Shane Darby Rosapena Links uh, podcast, please, if you haven't, please do. Uh, I did a little bit of um, a voiceover of Shane Darby's writing about his time at Barnboogle as part of the words that you can look at when you're watching me, karate, uh, cheese, and uh, Doc play golf down there. It was, uh, it was nice to see that video. So hopefully I'll get – sorry? It was great. It was like obviously you just showed it to us then for the first time. But it actually um, – I wouldn't say I was getting emotional, but, geez, it's been a while since I've held a golf club and, and swung it in anger. Well – as you know, Mike, I, I, I spent probably as, as much time taking photos and setting video camera, a little, well, not a video camera, a phone up, uh, mm. just, just recording it, and I didn't know what I was going to do with it and other than post a few pictures. But anyway, it was good to finally get something out of it. Mm. Uh, well, very good. Uh, I just want to say another little bit of housekeeping. It's been great to see some of the Mile Love of Golf T-shirts uh, getting out there and about there. A couple of shout-outs to some people who are sporting them in the community on their morning walks to – you know, coffee runs and, and whatever else that you can do at the moment because there's no golf. Uh, big shout-out to uh, Paul from Bushnell, big supporter of, uh, of My Life of Golf podcast. Um, he has probably been the, the reason for me getting to uh, – did I ever mention that I played with Minwoo Lee? No. Uh, no. I, it rings well, a bell. I'll tell that story another time, but Paul was – I, I, thought, I thought that was when you took that footage, Mike. Are we confusing it with that footage behind Minwoo that you, you took? That I don't was know. round one, yeah. No, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tell well, us about it, Ross. Anyway, No, I won't. I'll save that for another time. But Paul has a T-shirt and he proudly was sporting that and Paul's been a great supporter of the podcast. He looks after Bushnell, so he, he was the one that got me uh, up there to Sydney to play with Mike and Minwoo. It was great. Thank you to Paul. And also talking about Barnboogle and King Island, Johnny Perrett. Uh, yes, if you know the name Perrett, Perrett Ross. Um, Ross Perrett and uh, Thompson Wolveridge, great architecture firm in, in Australia. Johnny Perrett is, is uh, Ross Perrett's son. He's the man responsible for doing a lot of the travel uh, in and out of King Island and, and um, Barnboogle on the Pilatus P- P12 um, corporate jet, Mike. You know you're very familiar with that plane because I pointed it out to you every time it flew over. Yep. Uh, and when it didn't and you just were bored and wanted to say that, Pilatus. PC-12. PC-12. Well, it's <laughs> Which is a lot. A commercial airline, small plane that flies above the air with full pressurisation. If uh, if you are you know, preparing to go back down to Barnboogle on a plane uh, and you don't like little planes, well, the Pilatus PC-12 is the one you want to go on with Air Adventure. Uh, that's not a sponsored post at all. But Johnny Parrott put his hand up for a T-shirt and he was wearing it the other day sitting in his back garden at uh, Mount Eliza. Beautiful, Johnny. Thank you very much. Uh, for anyone else that's asked for one... Uh, they're not actually really for sale. I just gave a couple out, and uh, but we might have to see what we can do. Um, but you mentioned my rocket, which is what made me think about it, Rodney. Uh, I'm making a special one for my rocket. So my rocket, when you listen, you are our number one ticket holder and listener. Uh, there is a special T-shirt coming for you. Uh, it's just taking me a little bit of you know these things don't. There, it's on its way. Don't worry. But thank you, my rocket. Your T-shirt is is coming. It's a special one. Don't worry. I'm looking forward to see what the listeners uh, are putting out there, but un- unless you print it off and send it in the mail, I've no idea what's going on at the moment. That's it. You've been off the socials. I saw um, Pultz tagged you in a couple of things, and I'm like, he's not going to see that. 
Nope. It's on holidays. Again. Yep. Again. Still. Still. The, the Knights of Einstein? <laughs> it's quiet. Oh, wow. I I, you, I, I thought the Knights of Einstein were going to get a run over the weekend, considering that their number one protagonist was um, front and centre. When we get to when we get to that, we'll talk about it. Okay. Well, where do we want to get to? How do, do we want to get to that right now, or do we want to uh, get to the other stuff and then get back to that? Let's let's talk about uh, what's usually my box and dice. I, I probably fell asleep uh, watching this. I'm trying to stay up and watch the beautiful surrounds of the Crans uh, and Crans Montana, uh, Switzerland, um, where Rasmus Hoygaard. Uh, is it the fifth or the seventh hole that one where the house behind the green and then you had over the water and then you had the hills where all the houses were unbelievable it was that it's it's one of the very few times where i was sitting on the couch watching and the wife i said to the wife have a look at this and she knows it's going to be something to do with golf and she looked up and saw it she was like that's really pretty that's really that's really nice so maybe we can go there one day and she just shook her head pretty quickly and just like i'm not buying into that (laughs) she's like she's like nah no, no, don't you hate that? Nice you, try. You just think you've got you finally made a little bit of an inroad into something that's golf, travel, holiday related. That's you know going to have a, a shared interest, and then it gets shot down like that. Don't, don't worry that if if they're playing, if someone asks her sometimes, and there's a, a scenery of a of a golf course, like a famous shot, you know, if it's like Pebble or Cape Kidnappers from from the from the water looking back. She knows the courses and she actually hates herself for it. She, she's like, is that Pebble Beach? And I'm like, yep. She's like, just shakes her head and walks off. She knows. <laughs> I, I, have this, I have the same one because I'm pretty sure that every time 18 T's on, I subjected to like a lot of the stuff when they're, they're showing like Carmel Bay and things That's like that. It. Because I've stayed down there as well. She's seen all the photos as well. Yep. But I'm taking <laughs> Well, we won't spend too much time digesting, but... Uh, a, the course looked fantastic. Uh, that that was probably one of the big talking points. Um, it's, it's is, it all- a, is it a ski like when it's not a golf course? Does it snow there? I mean, it looks like a ski village type scenario. I, I don't know. Yeah, I believe it is. Uh, and the only reason I say that is I haven't done any further investigation. But you can see the ski lift uh, on one of the uh, one of the holes. You can see the ski lift uh, poles and the and the cables going up the up the side there so it's it's um they were talking it's like six thousand feet or something like that and they were talking about uh one of the players who went to can't remember who it was might have been paratorial someone who went to college in the states at our university of new mexico mm-hmm. and that he they were talking about him having experience at altitude because obviously yep. the ball goes a million miles yeah, yeah. Uh, and he played at the university of new mexico and their course was at Elevation higher than Grand Circeo. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know they get in the US tour when they get to Mexico City tournament they were playing last year, a couple of years ago. Same thing at altitude. Yeah. They're adding like 15, 17% um, it's like, distance. It's like or, the old international at, the, at Castle Pines. Yeah, yeah. That was the best. Yeah. The best. I think Min, Min Wu was hitting onto the, I think the fourth hole, the par, short par four, which um, opens up. Uh, turn it on. I posted a video of Wade um, driving it with a three wood, you know, setting almost. I uh, had a two on the first night, had a great two. Uh, it was great to watch. Um, I think Minwu was going at it with a four iron and just flying the green. Um, so, but uh, yeah, the altitude makes the ball go a long way. Sorry, I cut you off there, Mike. What were you going to say? No, I was, I, I was going to say um, about the international. I was going to say that the one thing I remember about the international was probably one of the, I know, very, very off topic, but. Um, Rich Beam won it. I think it was his first big win before he won the PGA. Because was the international was the was that the one that was the Stableford? Yeah, yeah, the modified modified yeah. Stableford. Yeah, it, it was. The, he won that. He won the international. I reckon two weeks before he won the PGA, and I reckon he had an albatross on seventeen. I think like it was the last couple of holes. It was yeah, like the most s- mind blowing finish of golf ever. I, I think it was. Se- I think it's seventeen because seventeen's the short par five which is like eagle fest yeah it was just perfect event for that yeah that was it was unbelievable. i think shark won that event once in 88 or 89 i think it might have been yeah no so it's um well that now is that they still play the stableford event but not not the yeah, in reno the barracuda barracuda, barracuda. Yeah. uh 
just going back to the uh, sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, the Crane Sorcier, uh, the Amiga European Masters for the prize purse of two million euro, run by Rasmus Hoygaard and very closely fought out with Bernd Wiesberger from Austria. Uh, the talking points for us. Well, let's go to the easy to pick off things first. Uh, failure for me on picking a top Scott. Uh, young Callum Hill uh, was top Scott. Played pretty well uh, for the duration. Strong, fit-looking young man. Been playing, had a good, had good form this year. I might have said previously when he won at uh, the previous week uh, that he won down at um, uh, 13th Beach, but that wasn't Callum Hill, so I apologise for that little mistake. I realised after I said that. Uh, so, no, Callum Hill, I didn't pick him. Grant Forrest was the one that I picked, and I think Grant Forrest had a 1,000. So, um, Grant... Right. I, I picked um, Wade to win, and he didn't win. And I also mucked up. I said uh, Ash Barty had been playing golf at Liberty National with Stenson, which would have been a good effort because he was playing in Europe. Because uh, of all of our Ryder Cup talk, I mixed it up with Pultz. It was Pultz yeah. playing at Liberty National with Ash Barty. Oh. So uh, anyway, look. I was, I'm yeah. re-listening to the podcast and I'm thinking the- to myself, did I just say... Stenson? No, no, I can't. I rewound it. I'm like, yeah, no, I definitely stuffed that up. Look, if you're listening and sitting there at home going, that's wrong, uh, you know, you get, you got the gist, all right. But yeah. no, Wade um, finished uh, plus one for the tournament, uh, tied 56, made the cut. A uh, little shout out to Bryden. We did mention Bryden was playing over there. He finished T40, uh, plus two in the final round, but finished minus three for the event. Uh, Min Wu, who we always give a shout out to, Min Wu was looking pretty strong, finished minus three, had a Third day wasn't um, Minwoo's greatest, but minus six for the um, the overall. But I guess the big talking point, uh, the other one I like to, I've been um, watching out for because, you know, I love a story of someone bouncing back and coming back and Marcel Zim. Uh, the sock. Yeah, the sock. What, why do you call him the sock? Security Operations Centre. He's Zim. Oh, so, oh, sorry, sock. that's right. We've, t- we've done that joke. Yes, that's right. Yes, the, the Zim, Marcel Zim. Uh, good to see Marcel Zim. And he's just... Loving his time playing decent golf. Uh, again, so good to see Marcel finish at T7. Uh, but the big one that we sort of floated about there is um, in the Ryder Henrik. Cup. Yeah, Henrik. Yeah, in the, in the Ryder Cup. So Henrik, Henrik. Uh, was yeah, minus 11. He's got some form happening. Yep. Some people saying he won't figure in the Ryder Cup selections, but he's certainly putting a stake in the ground to... Uh, There's absolutely no way that on his form... Uh-huh. They can't not pick him. Okay. He's look. He's a long way down the list, but at the end of the day, it's not like he's a, a nobody. He's got no. he's got a track record, and he's he's playing great golf. I mean, again, if he comes out and plays another exceptional week this week, or even wins, like you can't argue with the rocket. He's have to be in the conversation. He finishes. He just finished top ten again. Yeah. Like, and it's like you've got a you've got a guy in form who's legit playing for a spot and that that there therefore he's putting pressure on himself and he's delivering so what else do you want that's that's it you 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 want someone that's playing for a spot puts pressure on himself and delivers that's exactly the prerequisite for a player in a Ryder Cup he was ranked 69 last week he's 49 this week with a similar sort of week like it's a top five he's going to be punching up to Top thirty easily. Yeah, the the rankings are relevant right now for for someone like him. It's about form. Yeah, I know. So, and he certainly got. Look, I would take him. I know we talked about this the other week. I know the opposition opposite side of the wall is is Mickelson, and, and people are talking about him being a chance. I think Stenson is no. much more of a chance than Mickelson. If, if if the US want to win, they shouldn't select lefty. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Yeah, just back to. You know, the captain's picks in the European team. So, you know, we're figuring Poulter, uh, potentially Henrik. Is is uh, Sergio in? Is he in, quali- in qualification sta- status or is he? No, he's, he's 18. 18th. Yeah. 18th. So, you know, is it Poulter, Sergio, Stenson? Who misses out? Not not from those three, but who misses out that's, that's not on the list, you know, maybe in and around Henrik? If, if you put Henrik in? Uh, at the moment, they've only got four. That I think they've got another week for their points. So they've got yeah. four that have qualified. So you've got Ram, Fleetwood, Hatton, Rory. 
And then you go down the list, you've got Burnt Cheeseburger, Fitzpatrick, Casey, Perez, mm-hmm. Oban, uh, Migalotzi, Thomas Dittry, Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland will get picked. Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah well, they got... Then you go Westy, um, Dick Bland, Shane Lowry. So the guys, the guys that are in on the world, or sorry, on the um, on the Euro points, is Ram, Fleetwood, Hatton, McElroy, mm-hmm. and then on world points, the list fills out the top eight with Hovland. Oh, the, I didn't see that tab. Bitsy and oh. Westy and Lowry. So that's your eight. So that that's a solid eight. Then you got four left. And the, the next best down are Fleetwood, Wiesberger, Perez, Garcia, Bobby Mack, Coulter. I mean, Bobby Mack's at thir- like uh, people are going to disagree with me, I'm sure, but Bobby Mack's there at 13. He's had a great year. He's had two very ordinary weeks on the um, Corn Ferry Tour, mm. and Stenson's been playing in Europe and playing exceptionally well. Yeah, and he's a, and he's a known and he's a known quantity when yeah. it comes to the Ryder Cup stage. Yeah, but as much as as much as I hate to. Um, knock out the Scotsman because we love him and have loved him for a number of years. I remember standing there in Asda in uh, just near uh, in the back of Edinburgh there, picking up the magazine with him on the cover three years ago, sending it to Rocket. I'd, you'd have Henrik in there if I was, if I was Padraig, wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 They've got four to play with. There's, 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 look, there's a lot of guys there, but yeah, I'm not against taking guys that have got a, got um, a, a track record. Hmm. So and been, we all want to see the Americans beat, let's be honest. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it was great to see Henrik uh, up there and uh, performing. And it'll be good to see. Um, sh- I'm probably positive that he's playing at the Italian Open this week. Do you guys know that? He is? I'm not sure. Uh, if you could look at that while we're talking. Yeah, I'll find out. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen any tea times yet. Gents, you know that I'm part of a couple of other golf podcasts, uh, the one of which is the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. If I said it was a big day in uh, recording today, I'll tell you, this is who it started with. Um, this one isn't really a recording, it's more of a, a training session. Uh, the first one was half an hour with uh, Roger Cleveland. Uh, anytime you get to talk to Roger Cleveland, it's a good one. Uh, mm-hmm. The next episode, which was part of the next recording, which was part of the Mental Mastery Golf podcast, if I said to you it was someone in 2005 who defeated Henrik Stenson in a playoff and is an Australian, could you guess who it was that Jamie and I spoke to today? Nico Hearn. Nope. Close that era. Played in the played in the Presidents Cup team with Nico Hearn in two thousand and five. Craig Parry. Nope. Scandinavian Open in front of uh, Henrik's hometown. Beat him in a playoff. Mark Hensby. There you go. Ah. So an interview coming up with Mark Hensby, interesting character, ha- has some great stories, great points of view. Uh, anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there just to tease the uh, Mental Mastery podcasters that also listen in. There is a, a great interview former, coming up. Former John Deere Classic winner. Former That's John it. Deere Classic winner. He, he in 2005, was, uh, I think, ranked behind Tiger, maybe Rich Beam. He, he listed them all off, but like he was like third or fourth highest performer in the majors in 2005. Third in the US, US um, Open. Uh, that's the year he finished fifth in the Masters, uh, 13th in the British uh, Open, or the Open. And then um, I can't remember where else in the PGA, but uh, yeah, he was like third, third or fourth, fourth best performer in, in uh, the, the um, majors. Yeah, that was, that was Carnage year. You had Pinehurst. Pinehurst, yeah. Pinehurst in 05. So yep. that was the Michael Campbell Cup. Yep. yep. Then you had uh, 05. That's um, Tiger again at the old course. Yep. And the 05 PGA. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. No, can't remember it. Neither can I, but uh, listen out for that one. Uh, Italian Open, is Henrik Stenson playing? He is. Of course he is. He is. Top 10. Okay, so... Up. So this week, uh, we're t- we're, are we still on the uh, the Henrik the Henrik train? Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, where are they playing the Italian Open at Rocket? Marco Simeone. The Marco Simeone. A great pronunciation. The, the venue. The venue of the two thousand and twenty three Ryder Cup in Italy 
So having an Italian wife, I'm already negotiating with a potential family holiday uh, that uh, might uh, contain a little bit of a... I'm with you, mate. I'm saving my lira as we speak. Well, Mike, do you have... um, Caridi is obviously uh, an Italian Italian family. Do you have uh, family still in Italy? No, no. Very... I have the smallest Italian family in history. I've got a dad and he has a sister in Melbourne. That's it. Okay. That's a lot. <laughs> That's all of them. No good to me. Um, there'd be some extended stuff in there up and down south. But um, no, the wife's family's uh, all through Naples and Napoli and just outside of there. But um, no, we've... Uh, Same. There you go. We've already uh, we've already had the discussion if uh, about tying uh, in that trip. Okay. And I, all I, the boys that I went to the Masters with, all, there's, two of them are based in Manchester. So they've we've decided this could be the next target. Okay. Well, you know, I, I don't... I don't carry the uh, Italian passport part of that uh, this little collective. There's, you know, I'm not a Il Flanagano uh, in disguise, <laughs> but um, you know, I'd love to be the bag carrier. Uh, in Naples, I've been to Naples. Naples, Naples as a town is is interesting, but uh, certainly the area that, around that, there. That Ryder Cup is going to be epic. Can yeah, I'll be a big one. Does any anyone's families have any connections, like on the Isle of Capri or somewhere down at uh, Positano or Malfi or somewhere like that? Any? Have we got any holiday that's, destinations? That's, that's where we went last. Uh, we we did uh, we did Positano for my brother-in-law's wedding, and that's why we were there. And then we went off to Napoli after that. But we went to Sardinia and Sicily, and um, we're yeah, we're we're in, we're in Isca. Okay, there you go. Where's oh, that? Well, there you go. Where's that? Where's Isca? Our west. Okay. All right. We're set. Isca, Naples, and uh, Milan. There you go. I'll put that on another other thing of trips to do. Uh, so we've got the British, uh, it's not the British, the Open, uh, Mike, uh, to, to, to consider. And yep. then uh, and then obviously the uh, the Ryder Cup. Uh, I, probably told, I probably told you the story about getting Ryder Cup tickets for Glen Eagles and not being able to go, but anyway, that's another story. Okay, uh, let's look forward to seeing it at Marco Simeone. I don't know anything about Marco Simeone. I've never seen it uh, before. Rocket, seen Marco Simeone as a golf course before? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, and I've got to do some more research on who designed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I only saw some photos getting posted in the last you know, hour or so on socials, and it, it reminded me of a vineyard just looking across the course, just the way that it rolled through, but that I hadn't seen anymore. Okay, yeah, so... Uh, the. <laughs> So the reason it's called Marco Simeone is because of the actually I'm, I'm my brain's coming back into gear now. So I think I was sending this to Mike. So it's in relation to some warrior from like the 11th century, and a family that is a well known in the fashion industry had bought the cottage or the mansion, uh, renovated it, but then also had built a uh, 18 hole course, and then. I think they've made it public, I think. I'm not 100% sure, um, to the area. And they were still living in the, the mansion up until more recently. So, yeah, it's a bit of history stuff. It's cool. Perfect. Well, I can't wait to see it. Now, see. the other European event that we've got, uh, well, it's not a European event, sorry, it's in America, but the event that uh, where the Europeans play off against the Americans, the Solheim Cup. That starts this week. Uh, where is the Solheim Cup being played? That's played at Inverness. Inverness. Now, Rocket, that's another one of your. This is your wheelhouse. Talking about Inverness. Nineteen eighty six. Bloody Bob Tway. I've got an actual yardage book from Oak Tree signed by Bob Tway. I saw that the other day. That picture. Do you like that? Yeah. It's pretty cool. It was very cool. And you were- in 1993, where, where the shark should have just ran away with it, and he lost to the fool himself. Zinger. Oh. He's Zinger. My goodness. So Inverness is, is a place of heartache. I was, I was rummaging through the garage the other day, and I found all the VHS recordings of the first all the way through to the final round. It was the first year they played all four rounds, um, like TNT leading into even CBS on um, the 93 PGA. I recorded every minute of it. It was the first time Vijay Singh actually um, uh, appeared. I think he finished third that year with Jim Furyk in the top five, I think it was. Um, so he was contending uh, with 
Faldo late, I think it is, in the, in the final round. So that was the first time Mr. VJ Swing sort of hit the hit the mark. But yeah, Inverness oof, has been faithfully restored by a young man called Andrew Green. Uh, everyone should listen to the Fried Egg podcast. We've been interviewed on there to talk about that and the journey around the faithful restoration to its Donald Ross roots. Uh, beautiful course in northern parts of Ohio. They, the LPGA Tour played there last year. Did they play? Correct. Yeah. I think they played uh, – I can't remember which tournament they played there. I think it was they just moved one there. Um, there was another event they played the week before not far away and they just well, let's play it at Inverness. Yeah. I think they'd already done the restoration by then. I didn't I didn't watch that one. Um, it looked, yeah. I remember watching, watching that tournament. It looks sensational. So I can't wait to see that. I – as we talked about Ryder Cup before, haven't been to a Ryder Cup, missed out on going, but I did go to the Solheim Cup at Glen Eagles uh, in 2019. What a great experience. You know, just there for the last day, once again, thanks to Paul from Bushnell. Uh, he took me along as his plus one. But uh, it was a great day. Just, you know, you, you, do you remember that last Solheim Cup where, um, you know, it came I down... To, I don't think I've watched one. It came down to, uh, the, the, like, the last part. You know, Europe were getting slaughtered in the last day and then just everything just turned on its head with two or three matches and then it came down to base, basically sort of a putt to win the whole thing with uh, the Danish girl who retired, who who announced her retirement after that, uh, Patterson. Um, well, it was fantastic. It was fantastic and the crowds were amazing. It was just England Eagles. It was beautiful. Can't wait to watch it. Who do we fancy? Um, do we fancy Europe or do we fancy America? Um, I'm going to go US. for Europe. I'm going for Europe. I'd say the US, Quarter Sisters, yeah. um, Daniel Kang. Um, I, I don't even know who's in the team. Well, I'll tell you, the US team, let's give you a rundown. It's Nelly Quarter, Danny Kang, uh, Ali Ewing, Austin Ernst, Lexi Thompson, Jessica Quarter, Megan Kang, Lizette Salas, Jennifer Kupcho, Brittany Altamare, uh, Mina Hirage and uh, Yulami No. Yeah, it's going to be tough to beat. And I think there's yeah. still maybe a- like Liz Liz Salas playing really well. Yeah, Lexi. Austin, Austin won the major the other week. Yeah, true. Yeah. They're going to be they're going to be tough. Yeah. So we've got uh, on the Europe team: uh, Emily Pedersen, Georgia Hall, Anna Northvist, uh, Sophia Popov, Charlie Hall, Carlotta Chiganda, uh, Leona Maguire. Matilda Castren, uh, Nana Kurtz Madsen, uh, Madeleine Sargstrom, Celine Boutier, and Mel Reed. Good team. Hmm. Strong team. Are they all, there seems to be a couple of extra players in there on that list. There seems oh, to be. I thought the same. No, that's just the way that they've formatted it. It just looks yeah, like they've got a couple yeah, of extra yeah, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we should know. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick it out there and go with Europe. I think, I think they've got uh, the team environment. I think they're... I think they're good. I think they can do it again, even on home soil, uh, away away soil. But US is home soil. Yeah, I, I, I'm probably rocket. I, I, it's not my forte by any stretch, but looking at those names, the the US team looks pretty tough. Okay, I'll always go for the underdog. Anyway, look forward to watching that. Now, what happened in uh, with the big boys? Big boys. What's a uh, it was a big tournament. It was a long tournament. It was a long uh, stretch of a playoff, but it was also a long course um, at the BMW. It was a um, it was a pretty big week, which was which is good. New course, as we talked about last week. Um, I can't remember the name. The Caves, Cave Valley, Cave Valley. Yeah. Um, look, the course looked okay. Uh, it was very long. Um, it's yeah. I, I, I think it was. Uh, rollback might have been Matty Mollica put something up as Brad Hughes had put up a tweet around some of the stats on the course and it it you know rating of like a 77 or whatever it is these guys are not one player in the field of 69 players shot under shot over par for the week that sums up the course and what they're doing to golf courses it it, it was soft this target mm. golf although I will say you know the final round, that final pair, hmm. first of all, is a 
commendable effort by both of them to actually stay within one hole of the group in front of them. Yeah. Um, and and second of all, course aside, they were playing some spectacular golf. Unbelievable golf. It was um, really good. I think it was a prime example of um, of what we talked about the other week when we're talking about players that have something go hot in any given week. If it's not their definitive forte or what they're good at, like say a say a Morikawa we talked about before, or a Hideki, those guys are exceptional ball strikers. But when it comes to putting, they're so so. They have a great week with the putter. They show up massively. Um, can't lay. Yeah, Bryson had had a had a you know had a, had a really really strong week, and most any week hit that he would be home and host. Um, but Cantlay has had a week putting um, way above where he normally does. Um, yeah, I think I can't remember how many strokes gained he was, but it was a, like a tour record of how many strokes gained putting he had, and that wins the tournaments. His final round of putting, oh my god, yeah. he was. I've never. Oh, that was some clutch stuff. Yeah, he was, clutch, clutch. He is was the word. draining it from mm. everywhere, and the thing is that he's one of those ones that Tita Green. He's he's as probably as solid as it comes, and he's one that you know he doesn't. I don't think he actually has any weaknesses in his game, and putting is obviously probably not his strongest suit because yep. when you when you're striping it from tee to green and you've got 15, 20 footers for birdies all day, you yep. probably don't make a lot. But he was just absolutely just he was red hot, That's red it. hot. Uh, he's looking at his strokes gained off the tee. He's Above, like he's a top 10. If you look at his strokes gained approach, he's top 25. Um, if you look at his putting, it's probably the one where he averages, you know, he's 25 to 50. It's his weak spot. Whereas last week, he was so far better than everybody else. And that playoff was, at least it was clutch. He, he, the amount of putts that he made oh. that he should not have made that did not look like missing were unbelievable from they all were, sorts of they were They were perfect pace, center cut. Yeah, like it just as soon as it came off, it just did not look like missing. No, any of them. No, and the guys and anyone that listened last week, um, no, the the three that I picked, two of them were Bryson and Cantlay, so I'd, I'd actually bet on both guys. So it was a pretty comfortable watch, but my better result was Cantlay, and it was still nerve wracking watching him because so many times Bryson had a, you know, in the playoff he might have had eight feet. And uh, Cantlay had, had put himself in a bit of pressure and somehow drained a 10-footer. And then Bryson would just the, miss the 8-footer. Uh, the fourth playoff hole where um, Cantlay's hooked it left and he's up on the bank on the grass and he's yep. hit a great shot to be 15 feet away. Yeah. And Bryson's, Bryson's tried to do a, you know, a tiger twirl. Yeah. And just hit... He had... I think he had the same yardage like four... He four, did. Four, four, four times in a row... And he's just hit, hit, I think it was what, six, seven feet. And then yeah. Cantlay just drains it in the guts. Yeah. And Bryson's putt, oh, there were so many that didn't even, there was a couple that hit the hole. Yeah. But there were so many that just, that weren't even close. Now it was funny. Like like you said, he's, he's, I mean, they had to be his divot marks on the ground because no one else is driving it out to that distance. And where he was hitting into the green from, there was three or four clear divots you could see that have been sanded in. And were... pick ones too, because he takes he takes a fair yeah. he takes a fair loaf. It was four feet, like a four <laughs> foot circle was where he's putting these you know three hundred meter drives. It was ridiculous. But, um, but yeah, must have been frustrating. It's you think about it. Cantlay was 30, 40 behind him every time, and he was yep. just he was just hitting just you know. Yeah. Bryson was throwing protractors, Bunsen burners. <laughs> calculators um you know chalk you yep. know chalk the dust dusters <laughs> the dusters everything he was throwing everything at at cantlay yeah. and and yeah you think about that the putt he made um which was the which was the one no the one to get in to one to get into the playoff the one that made birdie on on 18 mm-hmm. and he didn't even fist pump yeah like you just look at him and go oh my god he is yeah. like he is locked in. Yeah, it was um yeah, he just was a cockroach he couldn't kill. He was non-stop. And like you said, like hitting in, you know, was I think it was like I think Cantley had maybe six iron in and yeah. Bryson was hitting wedge. Flagged it. 
Oh, and, and the, the, the the one on the 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 second last no, was it the second last playoff hole where Bryson is like hit one to about five feet, and yep. then Cantlay's knocked it inside him straight yep. after. Yes, yes. Like, on the path, like you look at that and you go, oh my god, I'm throwing everything at this guy. Yeah, like I've actually literally stabbed him with the protractor in the leg, and he's still yep. darting him. No, and he um yeah, it would have been a tough tough day and i think i read an article yesterday that after he'd walked off the course bryson had given his hat to one of the young kids on the side as he's walked off i don't know you might not have seen this rocket but not on the socials but as he's walked about 10 more meters up the hill someone had said um way to go brooksy oh so he turned around and supposedly it was about to get real heated real quick and i think he just stopped himself before he beat the suitcase out of the bloke and it just got him kicked out which i don't know what happens because it was the end of the tournament so i don't know what he was going to be hanging around for but it hasn't rained up at all everyone knows bryson is my favorite fraud um because he doesn't do himself any favors but the whole brooksy thing like this is now in the get in the hole bag yeah it's it's like now people like I, I love hanging it on him because he does silly stuff. But the thing is though, this is now in the realm of it's ridiculous. And yeah. it just I I'm people are probably gonna be like grabbing their headphones and throwing it down on the on the desk, some of my loyal followers and, and um and um the acolytes. But I think the people that are in the crowd doing this sort of stuff, I kinda need to stop. It's it's now mashed potato. It's it. It's, uh, it's not working. Uh, the guy who wrote the article was Kevin Van Falkenberg. For oh, KVV. He's the KVV. best. Does the best so, Gary player impression ever. Well, if you want to, he wrote it. Is everyone wants to have a read? But he was saying he followed the playoff, and he said at least a dozen times in six holes, people were yelling clearly at him, just Brooksy. Well, well, the problem is that you know, look, Bryson doesn't do himself any favors because he tries to pretend that nothing affects him and things like that. And he has this whole thing around, you know, like the US Open. I shot 44 on the back nine and it was bad luck. Well, that's in complete violation of everything he's read in the golf machine. Um, Anyone wants to know the reference of that one, go and look at the golf machine on the Fried Egg podcast. uh, Then you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, So he's completely against everything that he is. And then, you know, the whole thing with, you know, he's in Brooks's head and, you know, it doesn't affect him and he enjoys it and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't know why he's in this. I, 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 it's not a good space that he's in if he has to try and pretend that it's not bothering him. No. Because it's, you're bottling something up that literally is bothering you and I, I, it's not good. No, no. It's literally not good. How does and you he- could tell, like, for example, you only have to, like, on 14, like, you think about how twitchy he is when he tells Patrick to stop walking. Yeah. Like, are you kidding? The guy's behind you. Yeah. So how does he stop it? You know, like, if you think it, uh, the, it is bothering come, it, The only way he's going to do it is if he comes out and actually says, look, it's actually really bothering me. You know, it's, it's you know, everyone's had their fun, but this is now, like, yeah, you actually have to say it. Because yeah. the longer he continues to say it doesn't bother me, you know, it, it, this is this is like um, I think KVV actually said this on on um, on the shotgun on the shotgun start. He said it's effectively it's like Twitter, but in real life, there are people mm. actually trolling him now on the course. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it the other day. It's it's no different to here. I mean, these tournaments turn up in most of these cities once. You know, yes, Texas will have more, and Florida will have more. So these people, it's an event. They're going to go there. They're going to drink their beers. You're going to have a bit of fun late in the day. They know a handful of things about golf that people aren't that aren't big golf people that are probably going to go there and not do this. But the people that are into golf a little bit, heading along with their mates on the beers, this is the first thing they want to do. Yeah, be, be an idiot. Yeah. And the thing is that you know you think you know Bryson effectively he's like a he's like a villain. And it was again there was a wrestling. Um, this is right in my right in my wheelhouse. It was made of reference. He's like, he's like the guy that's supposed to be the the baby face, but he's actually the heel. So he's not liked. He's like the hmm. he's like the almost like the John Cena of 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 wrestling. Yeah, 
because you got one part of the crowd going, let's go Cena. And then you got the other half right after that going, Cena sucks. Yeah. And that's, that's what he's got. And he doesn't know how to deal with it. No. Yeah. It's definitely different. It's is, a different space. Is the only way for him to fix this is to sit down and smoke the peace pipe with Brooks? And, you know, for no, those- this is, this is, this is out of, this is out of Brooks. See, the thing is that if you notice, Brooks has gone, yeah, like, is zero. I said this is this is and here's the thing is that and this wouldn't have happened if there was already smoking of the peace pipe earlier in the actually the end of it was after the whole blow up with the the caddy Hmm. the caddy thing there was a big blow up then and there was a smoking of the peace pipe then and bryson broke that within a couple of months like he couldn't help himself and he started chipping at Brooks. And it was like, I think it was almost like Brooks has gone, that's it, gloves are off. And he's just gone at him. And and it, if you notice, it's Brooks doesn't start it. Bryson will say something and do something. Like you go back to the PGA when Brooks is doing an interview and he's jumping behind him. Like, like come yeah. on. Mm. Like Bryson, this is, you, it, I'm, I'm not saying that people should do what they're doing, but it's also of his making. Like yeah. he's actually contributed yeah, yeah. to this. Yes. And I think so so Brooks Brooks with the Brooks he could come out and say everyone needs to stop, but they're not. They're not going no, to. No. I think um I think it was in the same article KVV discussed. I'm sure it was his his quote, but it was uh, he'd been told on a very good source that Stricker has said to Brooks we put a pin in it until the Ryder Cup's done. Like right now, we're working. We're all pulling in the same direction, and that's why it should have gone quiet. But the crowd doesn't care. They're just going to keep doing it. No. Mm. no. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. You know, like I don't think there's any way out of out of it for Bryson for a long time until people just you know find the new version of mashed potatoes um, because yeah. that's effectively what it's become. We've told everyone. We've told everyone we hate mashed potatoes and get in the hole. So get in the hole was the original dumb thing then it became mashed potatoes which became another dumb thing so it's just like become a mindless another dumb thing which gets sent out, uh, spoken out until it becomes the next until there's another thing because i don't yeah. think that if he says it's bothering me it probably yeah you know, it's 50 50 whether the people go oh sorry you know we'll you know we'll tone down or it amplifies so it could go that way as well um you know brooks could sit they could sit down and say hey look we've sorted this out we're on the Ryder Cup team. We're buddies. Probably not going to happen. They're probably just, you know, got to tolerate it, each other in a team. That happens in high-performing teams all around the world. You know, all the soccer teams, all the – any team's always got some, you know, antagonism in there. Even in Ted Lasso, there's some antagonism in there. Um, great show. Great, <laughs> great show. <laughs> uh, so it's interesting to see. It'd be – I can't see, you know, is the, is the Ryder Cup the thing that's going to make the US punting public, you know, take it away? And then they'll probably just leave it to the Europeans. Now, I think the Europeans are more cultured uh, fans than to yell at that at, but who knows? I don't know. No, I, no yeah, look, it's tough because I... I, I, um, I I'll, I'll retract that. I don't mean to say that the Europeans are more cultured than the US, so that sound, no, sounded no, 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 wrong. No. But in terms of supporters, you know, they, they're they a different type of barracker, you know, and they're, they're all about the game and they'll barrack as hard as they can yeah, for the team, but yeah. they're not that way. 100%. And uh, I had a very brief conversation with Clates on Twitter a month ago because he'd said, you know, we, you wouldn't see this in Australia. And I disagreed because I, it would happen in Australia. Oh, if yeah. he came to play here in Australia, it'd be the same peanut standing at the back of mm. one of the holes at Royal Melbourne after a skin full on a Sunday. <laughs> Rocket's got his hand oh, I did it and I was sober. <laughs> terminal. I yelled out terminal velocity when he's teeing off on, on – on, I think it was like 12. Oh, I mean, that. look at the way we treated Patrick Reid. Right? Patrick Reid's a peanut as well. And that was two weeks after he at Sandgate issue. It'd be no different. If he turned out, he'd be getting good one Brooks. He's on every hole. I mean, yeah, but the thing is, though, we do it in, we, it's not one that will continue on. No. We, and, we, we, you know, we, there is a bit of ugly Australian in us. Definitely. But it would be much, much lower percentage than what they're copying in the States. So I think we've I think we've we're halfway between a European crowd and an American crowd. Depends might on be. if there's soccer involved. Oh yeah, hey. definitely. We're a different world altogether. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, my soccer art Yeah, my soccer arty fans, see, we get a raw end of the deal. You don't get blamed for I've been in more soccer than, you know, any golf fan and uh 
never seen any 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 bother any bother you know as soon as someone one someone ripped one flare that's it yeah you know, hooligans mm. you know trashing the streets it's, See, it's like in every old, sport it's not like the old NSL days oh my god <laughs> Hellas versus Melbourne Croatia out at sunshine <laughs> Split families apart. Now, so I've come alive now. You know, like <laughs> I, I actually take this quite seriously. The soccer fans getting lambasted no, in, no, in, no, a, no. in it's Australia. It's every sport. It's every sport. Know, it I doesn't know. matter. You go to an AFL game. It's just as ugly. Soccer. I go and watch soccer in places where you know you you actually can't walk down the street wearing colours. Hmm. You know, and even even if you're not in colours, you're still looking over your shoulder. And yeah. and that's not to paint that in a bad picture either, but. It's just the way that it, that it yep. is, and and yep. basketball in Greece, Panathinaikos, Panathinaikos, um, oh, what was the other team? Oh, I can't remember the other one. They were like, we're talking about coins getting thrown onto right. the court. Shane Shane Hill, you know, played for Panathinaikos. I think it was. Really? <clears throat> Talked about. Having to, I think the game got called off like with about three minutes to go because they're pelting coins at the players. I'm a big baseball. I love baseball, so I'm a Yankees fan. So our, our rivalry is with the Red Sox, and it was a game uh, maybe two three months ago. Uh, home run got hit and um, balls into the crowd, and the first thing the Yankees will crowd will cheer is throw it back if it's a Red Sox ball. Um, and there's a lot of pressure when there's, you know, 20,000 people yelling, throw it back, which you don't want to do because you want to keep the ball. And the kid threw it back and he got thrown out because he, uh, as he threw it back onto the field, he just happened to hit one of the fielders in the back. Oh, seriously. Oh, he, he didn't do it on purpose, I don't think. He just kind of threw it out there and just clipped you on the back and that the field, the the team left the field and everything else. But it's every sport. as as There's peanuts in every every crowd. Yeah. Did you watch the old firm derby on uh, Sunday night, Celtic and Rangers? Yeah. The, one of the corners, you know, all you can see is plastic bottles getting thrown over at, um, at the Celtic player from the Rangers fans, you know, taking a corner. Anyway, they stopped, he took the corner, they didn't score, and on they went. Um, yeah, right. Anyway, Celtic, uh, I'm not a Celtic fan, but uh, Ange Postacoglu lost his first uh, old firm derby. He got a taste of the uh, away behaviour, uh, away fans' behaviour at uh, Ibrox, and Rangers won. There you go. Okay. Bryson, he'll just have to ride the storm. By the looks of it, yeah, he will. And um, look, he's yeah, he's had a good he's had a good week. He's had an unbelievable week. He's just found one better, and probably one better for one hole. That's all it was. Uh, but the, other than that, it was nearly impossible to split him and Cantley. Well, that 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 win secured. Um, well, Cantley would have been picked anyway, I reckon, but it it locked him that um, six spot in the yep. US team. So now it's all locked away, and uh, they got the six captains picks. So um, the, those guys, do they finish this weekend? They yeah, do. The, yeah, we've got the uh, the net club championship. Okay. That's it. That's it. It's a tough week. It's a tough week. It's the same course. It's it's at East Lake in Atlanta, the Coca-Cola Cup. Um, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, well, you put enough money in, you get to keep the tournament. It's, um, it's a very tricky one because they do start, as Rocket said, on the handicap. So uh, Cantlay is... Um, 10 under top so he's 10 under when he walks out the door so it's a it's a very interesting tournament from a betting point of view because they'll put up two different markets one will be you can have a bet on the golf and and this is just a it's the uh, gross in the net the gross in the net and just to make sure that anyone if you are gambling responsibly make sure when you do have a bet don't go gee whiz this is fantastic odds on you know jordan spieth well, Jordan Spieth's starting six shots behind to start with. That's why his odds are what they are. So make sure you're betting on the right market. Um, but yeah, it's going to make it tough because um, Cantley doesn't like this sort of grass, but he's up for, up for putting. Um, so, but he's starting with the most most uh, shots head start. Um, Xander's defending um, gross. Defending gross, exactly, yeah. And I just, I don't know, I, I can... Um, I can see Zanley going pretty well, but it's too far back. Um, I can't see Cantley winning. I think he'll get toppled. And Finau's sitting in second, and I can probably I don't don't really love him either. Um, I'd probably be more inclined to sort of look at the one that everyone's going to want to bet on, which is John Rahm and and maybe Justin Thomas in the in in the uh, in the uh, net. 
Yeah. So where's where's Ram? Is he fourth? Yeah, he's six under. Right. Already. Yeah. Yeah. Good, so good start, um, good start on the practice range. That's it. So Cantlay's ten, Finau's eight, Bryson seven, Ram six, Cam Smith five. Then you got a bunch at four. So Answer, Thomas, Burns, English, Spieth. And then you got the threes, which is uh, Collins, uh, Sanjay, yeah. And I mean, that's that's. Uh, I always sort of look at it like pick up one around and you're doing well on the field. So if you think of the average sort of being somewhere around that seven, eight, um, as where the sort of leader will be, if you sort of put a line through Cantlay, then it means you don't want to be worse than fours, three and fours, as far back as you think they could come from. Um, so okay. someone there is going to be the winner. So Cam Smith still still right in this, you would say? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, D, I think DJ started. He was leading into last year, and he nearly got rolled by, nearly got rolled by Xander. He was like four shots better in the in the gross. Only finished a couple of shots behind. So yeah. only only takes someone if you're at the top and you're not in in that top ten, and someone's only a few back and they're having a blinder, you get rolled. Yeah, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting week. Um, like I said, from betting purely from, I'm looking at the tournament. You'd have to say that the top guys, anyone who's up those top couple of points, but I probably find it more interesting to try and find somebody. Forget all the the starting starting scores and try and find the winner outside of that. Um, and that, I, I look, I think I think Cole Mayer will go well. He hasn't been playing that well, but this no. course suits him much much more than the really long course we played last week. Six six last year. Yeah, there you go. On on gross. Gross. <laughs> so um, if you go top to bottom, you go Xander, Scotty Scheffler, DJ, JT, Tyrrell, Ram, Morikawa, yeah. Rory, yeah. Sebastian Munoz, and Patrick. Um, but he won't be playing because he'll be. Yeah, I don't don't know that he will. I don't know that he will either. Um, yeah, I think I'm not going to pick lots this week because there's only 29 there. But I think if I'm going to invest on anyone, it's probably um, Ram and Morikawa, and then uh, for the before the starts and if it's um if it's after or with the, including the starting points it'll be ram and uh jt okay so including the starting points so that's the that's the net yeah yep okay yeah and the only other one that i had a look at which i thought was an interesting wager if anyone was going to have a look at it was um they, they've also got a market on who will shoot the lowest score in round one so forget all your starting points and everything else and um, I had a little look at the field and noticed that uh, the first group out is going to be Patrick Reed and Billy Horschel. Now, Patrick Reed's probably unlikely to play, which means Billy Horschel may well play by himself, might get a marker, but he might well play by himself. Um, so first person out on a pure golf course, um, and he's a Florida Gator, so he's, he knows his course well and, and loves it. Um, he wouldn't be the worst worst investment for someone who could shoot the best score in round one. He won't necessarily get anywhere near the top because he's starting on off zero. There's already ten shots behind Cantlay, but he could go for pretty well in for, in round one. Okay. All right, Rocket. Anything else to add on uh, the Net Club Championship, the Coca Cola Cup? I want to know who uh, I want to know who we're picking, and I've already got ready to go for for Ross when it comes around to you. The Scottish player, the Scottish market is up. <laughs> for, for, for Italy, for Italy, because we we can't have one here. Okay. Uh, so so for the for the for the gross, um, hmm, for the gross, I'm gonna go with. Actually, do you know what? I'm gonna go with Camp Smith. Yep. Camp yeah. Smith for the gross and for the net. Yeah, I got a got a bit of Rambo. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Jeez, now it's a pressure. I was going to pick Cam Smith for the uh, for the gross. No, I can't now. So I'm going to. You can pick him. No, uh, I like to go. I like to go different. But I've got a soft spot for Tony Finau. It's been a breakout yeah. year, so I'll go with Tony Finau for the for the gross, for the net. The net, I'll, the net I'll go for Cam Smith. There you go. I don't know if that actually can work, but uh, the net I'll go for Cam Smith. Anything's possible. Absolutely anything. Um, and before we forget, or before I forget, top Scottish player. 
in Italy. I need that. I need that from you because that's the most. That's what people are listening for, Ross. <laughs> so we got Callum Hill, Richie Ramsey, Connor Syme, Grant Forrest, David Law, David Drysdale, Scott Jamison, Stephen Gallagher, and Mark Warren. Callum Hill on form. Callum Hill. Yeah, I'll go with form rather than uh, rather than the heartstrings. Yeah, head would not heart. David Law. David Law was the uh, Scotsman who won down at Thirteenth Beach. Of course, that was him who won there uh, last year or the year yep. before, whenever it was last played down there. But uh, Callum Hill, I he he uh, I watched him a little bit last week, uh, and uh, no, he's a he's a strong strong young man. He could do well. There we go. Anything else? Corn Ferry wise, nothing nothing there. Tour championship, they're Tour they're ch- finishing up as well. Yeah. Um. So Herbie's there. Uh, last round of the year, or last round of the season. I was just reading something that Herbie's still reasonably keen on maybe. Uh, Jetting off to Europe for um, maybe to do a race to Dubai sort of stuff. So if he can get inside the top twenty there, he's obviously got Europe secured up. But uh, you know, I think he might um, just make some more money, right? Make some more, yeah. make some more bank. And uh, you know, he, he's he's a player. He loves playing. You know, he he, he wants to play. You know, he he's not going to come back to Australia, so that's not going to happen. So, and it's also probably protecting a little few of the uh, world rankings points as well. Yeah. <clears throat> So um, I think he, we might see uh, Lucas uh, playing over there, given that he, he for, uh, went that opportunity last year, so he might go over there and do that, see how we go. All right. Is that it? Mm-hmm. I can see, I can see head noddings. Yep. Uh, another Aaron, one of your uh, finest uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for participating once again. Uh, big things happening. Stay tuned. Uh, thanks for the, all of the feedback. Uh, we do... It, we do like it. It does uh, make us want to turn up week in, week out, and I'm very, very wrapped that you know this is this part of the podcast has become week in, week out. Oh, oh quick one. Oh, hey, sorry, Mike, Mike. Has anything arrived on the doorstep? No, Why? I would have told you, or I don't, or there'd be crumbs coming off my face. <laughs> I think it's in transit. Okay, okay. good, good. Oh, I'm out of lockdown now, so I can actually open the front door to pick it up. So that's good. Well, yeah, out of lockdown or double lockdown. Yeah, I'm, du- out, I'm sorry, I'm out of um, fourteen day isolation. Uh, isolation. Yeah, Is that four, four bloody th- four COVID tests in the last five days, ten days? And, have uh, you had to have you had to go out and line up in the car and do all of that? Yep, it doesn't take long. I no. mean, we're not far from the showgrounds. It takes up there and back in fifteen minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, and they're getting a lot. They're, they're they're a lot less violent than they used to be. They're getting good at this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've been through that once, but uh, you've done it four times in four days, and that was mandatory. You had to do that as part of your coming out of that. Yeah. Had to do had to do the early days, and I had to do day thirteen. Mm-hmm. And as long as the day thirteen came back clear, then they were all good to go. And um, honestly, being a concerned citizen and being someone that didn't necessarily want to get anyone crook, I still. I'd had the test on the Sunday and I felt fine. Um, I feel, sorry, I didn't feel fine. I, I came back all clear, so I didn't have it. Yeah. But when the lady did the test, I was like, I just don't know that she did it properly. Like, it didn't feel like she put the thing up the nose as far as anyone else had done. And I felt a little bit sore in my chest. And I didn't know whether it's because I've been inside for 10 to 12 days. And well, you know what? I'm just going to go and get another test. So I went again and the test comes back because you're, turnaround now is yeah. 12 hours 13 yeah. hours so I knew no matter what happened I was either going to wake up on Monday Tuesday morning yesterday, this morning I was, either, I was either going to wake up and I was going to have a message saying got COVID <laughs> or it was again going to come back negative and I was free to go so I was, was free to go but you're a double jab now you're, you're one of the uh, 30 odd percent yeah, yeah. no nah, mate I was yeah I, had the, uh, I was done in June mm. that's the first time they ask you when you go up there to now is uh, have you had the have you had the um, needle and when did you get it and when was your second one because I think eventually we're going to have to get round to the top ups so yeah yeah very good all right guys thanks very much appreciate you listening in joining us along the journey and uh, thanks for listening as always until next time on the My Love of Golf podcast oh that's your that's your music rocket I've still got your music playing I can't <laughs> I can't go I'd love to go in your music but um we don't want to get a don't want to get a um uh, violation from the uh, copyright police so we can only play it 30 seconds there you go see you guys i'll see you next week